Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Welcome to episode number 158 of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. I'm John Berghoff standing in for Hal Elrod. I'm still figuring out this whole podcasting thing. If you just showed up and you want to know why I'm standing in for Hal, go listen to episode 152. Many of you know Hal is bravely and courageously battling cancer, a crazy rare form of cancer. And as always at this moment, if you don't mind sending out positive vibes to Hal, and how will be the first to ask you to send him to anybody and everybody in your world who could benefit by your positive energy right now. So I was just handed a note that said, make sure you're recording this because you did one of these yesterday and you screwed it up and you didn't hit record. So let's see how we're doing. Hal Elrod himself just entered in the chat box. Wow. I love Jamie Masters. Hal. Energy. You know how, energy yeah. to Hal. Go, go. Yeah. Send it. Hal, you know why I know that you love Jamie? Because something a lot of people don't know about you guys is you are big UFC fans. You both eat UFC cereal for breakfast. You both wear UFC underwear. And that's about where that ends. So, hey, everybody. I've got Jamie Masters. Jamie Masters has interviewed over 450 millionaires, bazillionaires, and trillionaires. And Jamie is also the author of a book. Now, I have to admit, I just got to know Jamie starting about 15 minutes ago. And she's the author of Eventual Millionaire. And she's going to answer some questions today. She's going to answer my questions. She might answer some of your questions about what she has learned from interviewing over 450 millionaires. So Jamie, I'm ready to go. Are you ready to go? Always. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, and if you are watching on the live stream, please share your questions for Jamie directly through the chat. If you're listening through the podcast, awesome. Jamie, where do we start? I'm looking forward to this. You've interviewed a lot of smart people. I know that you are in high demand. You're somebody that entrepreneurs have turned to for advice on everything from how to be super hyper efficient and effective to online marketing. What are some of your favorite things to teach or topics to talk about? I like UFC number one, number two. Who, who's your who's your favorite? Who's your favorite fighter? <laughs> oh no, we're gonna get on a tangent. If you don't know very much about UFC, we won't go down that path. So I also right now like Conor McGregor, as you said beforehand. Yeah. So first of all, is Conor going to end up fighting Floyd Mayweather? Okay. Do you want to go down this path? Because we totally (laughs) can. Me and Hal will go down this later. So who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Let's see. All right. We'll save that conversation for the end of the episode to really hook all of the hardcore UFC fans. Yeah. Because everybody else is going. So it's funny because when I first had Hal on my show, I was like, wait a minute, you like UFC? We could talk about this forever. And then it was like, oh yeah, my audience only, you know, maybe 2% actually like UFC. Therefore, maybe we should go on a tangent. What do you love about UFC? What do you appreciate about UFC fighting? Okay. So my story starts where I speak, right? I was speaking in Vegas and I got followed back to my hotel room which sucks, right? And I realized that I didn't know... It's just another Tuesday for me. <sighs> so you know how to take care of yourself then. I did not at the time, many oh years gosh. ago. I've been yeah. followed in the grocery store. Like literally, guys don't understand this. So I started martial arts probably almost six years ago. And so it was more or less me just trying to figure that piece out. And then when you realize 
that you could watch other people do it and learn. So I loved the learning aspect of it, let alone I love fighting in general. I think it's awesome. But now I love the camaraderie and the sportsmanship and knowing the fighters and all that fun stuff. But beforehand, it was more like, ooh, what did he do? And he, you know, because I did Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and a bunch of different types of martial arts. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm glad you shared that because even though we're just joking about this and people are here to learn how to achieve their goals, one of the things that I appreciate that Hal helped me to appreciate is the wisdom and the depth and the technique and the complexity of becoming a UFC fighter. I mean, it is not just a super primal thing, but it's a lot that they have to learn. So I've come to appreciate that. So maybe before we're done here, we'll talk more about UFC fighting. I love it. (laughs) Deal, deal. What else do you like to talk about outside of UFC fighting? So you've interviewed all these millionaires, you're in demand as a coach. What do you find yourself coaching people on most these days? So I have a lot of amazing, high-level, great clients, and they all sound the same in a good way and not so good way. I feel like entrepreneurs in general have a very typical trait, right? Where our brains are crazy, we're overachievers, we feel good when we get stuff done. And sometimes that makes us a little nuts in general. We see opportunities everywhere. I literally have ADD. A lot of the people I've interviewed have ADD. And so it's how do we mitigate being able to have the best life humanly possible? Because to me, it's I know I interview millionaires, but it's actually not about the money. My site really talks about how it's about life first, then money. Because I had a corporate job, six figures at 22 that I hated and sort of asked myself, is this all that life is? And that sucks. And figuring out those pieces and realizing and understanding that, yes, you can have both. You can have a really, really enjoyable life, love what you're doing business-wise, personally, in general, and look for happiness. and work on making more money because that's fun too. It gives you a lot more opportunities. So a lot of the things that I work on with clients is how do we do both of those things in business? I actually end up talking about (laughs) taking their wives on vacations and actually enjoying yourself more. And how can we be more efficient with what we choose? How can we pare down and use 80-20 rule? And this is so simple, right? Simple stuff that people have heard a thousand times before. And when you're stuck in the weeds, it's really hard to actually implement and do yourself unless you have someone like me with my, you know, karate stance trying to uh, hit you in the face and then they'll do it. That's all I do. I love that. I love that. So give us some examples. So you've teed up this topic of, and you didn't use this word, but I'm just talking about like a balance or a harmony between work and life. Like what are some examples of the big lessons that you've learned or lessons that you share with your clients to help them to achieve both financially with their business and in their lives? Okay, so a couple things would be paring down what you're doing. We assume that we can do everything. We're really smart, right? Yay, go us. So we also think that we can do it better than everybody else, unfortunately. Uh, So we put so much pressure on ourselves as human beings to, especially the people in this group, I'm sure. They're like, I want it to be better. I want to enjoy my, I want everything in this one life Mm. that we have. And so, which is, I think, an amazing, wonderful thing. It also can drive you crazy. And so the book Essentialism, what the one thing, all those things talk about that. But actually looking at what you're doing on a day-to-day basis and pare down the stuff that isn't serving you. Who knew, right? Focus is a word that comes up over and over and over in these millionaire interviews. And a lot of the times people think, well, they're serial entrepreneurs. Well, yeah, they do one at a time though <laughs> until they get good at it. And then they you know, will do multiple things for sure. But being able to make sure that you're really putting your time, because time is the only thing that we can't get more of, right? Putting your time in the right place. And sometimes that's family, right? That should be family. A lot more 
most likely than it is for most people anyway. And so I'll give you an example from this week. Yeah. So because we're overachievers and we have this big old long to-do list that never always gets done, you feel like you're always behind the eight ball. I like to liken it to as if you're running, but tripping at the same time and almost falling to hit your face every second as an entrepreneur, right? You're like, I can't get it all done. I'm going to... And if you don't keep trying to run, then you will fall and you feel crappy in that position. And they assume they need to get ahead of their tasks in order to feel like they're standing up straight. And to me, I think it's all perception. We are never going to get it all done. Why we're lucky that we live as long as we do nowadays, right? And so really prioritizing the stuff that does make a difference, doing that first. And I know people have heard this before. They're like, Jamie, thanks. This is helpful. Awesome. Uh, But making sure that that stuff gets done. And so, for example, I had a client who was... Is amazing, achieved so much. And because of that, he has so many opportunities and was just feeling overwhelmed. That happens sometimes, right? And so I was like, okay, well, you need to take a break. And he's like, I can't take a break because I have too much stuff, right? This is sort of the thing that people say over and over. I mean, I do too. I can't say anything. But what I like to do is sort of have people do a reset because I feel like you can be better and more efficient if you're in your business or in your personal life or corporate job or whatever it is. If you actually are in a better state, if you're happier, right? I was talking to a friend about Einstein time versus Newtonian time. So I mentioned this a little bit beforehand. Have you ever heard of that before? No, but I'm interested. Okay. Tell me about that. Yeah. So uh, Newtonian time, right? Because he came first, is from Newton. He says that time is fixed. So a second is a second is a second is a second, right? Yeah. Like, okay, great. We can't change it. It's time. Yay. Einstein came in and said, no, 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 time is relative. It can ebb and flow, which mm. most people don't realize or even realize that the science, like it's Albert Einstein. He went through the math of this and this is true. But let me give you an example so it's helpful. If you put your hand on a hot stove, it feels like forever, right? Like pain, right? So it feels like time sort of slows down. But when you're having an amazing time out with a lover or on a date or going, you know, water skiing or whatever it is, you're like, oh, it could be four hours and feel like absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. Especially like when you're a kid waiting for Christmas, you're like, is it not come fast enough? So we can use that to our advantage with what we do. So for example, this person that I ended up chatting with, he has two amazing businesses. One he does content marketing for and he needed to write. And he was like, I feel like I have so much to do. And I told him to actually take a break instead and try and get in a better state before we try and do all this to-do list stuff. Because I don't know if you've ever felt this, but when you come at your to-do list or writing a blog post or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. and you're in this, "Ah," right? It doesn't work. You get frustrated. You feel like you're not doing it fast enough. But if you come at it with you're feeling amazing, it can flow. And something that would have normally taken you four hours to write could take you 30 minutes and it would be nothing. So what I don't think people do enough is really work on getting into that piece, right? That's how we become more efficient, not just doing more tasks faster. It's like getting into that state. So you're also enjoying what you're doing. Yeah. Who knew we can actually do both. There's actually a great book that just came out this week, actually called Stealing Fire by Jamie Wheel (laughs) and Stephen Kotler, which talk about hacking the, they run the flow genome project and then hacking the state of flow. So what you want to do is if you can, especially as a business owner, if you get into that piece, you can be way more efficient and feel amazingly good because that's what we should be trying to do, right? Only one life. You might as well feel as good as you can. That's the whole point of the Miracle Morning to start your day off feeling really, really amazing. So the rest of it lines up too. 
right? So that's, I told you I get on tangents, but, <laughs> but what happened with that client was he called me back the next day and he goes, by the way, the next day I decided to just go get a massage. And I came back and I wrote a ton more than I ever had before. It's like, exactly. Nice. And you good, got a massage. Good for, the, good for the massage business too. <laughs> Seriously. That's great. Does that make Jamie, sense? Yeah, oh, it makes so much sense. And I was just taking notes as you're sharing here. And I love this idea of thinking about time a little bit differently. And I find that what you just said is so true for me. Like I often will have projects that are really important and they're so important. And I have so many of them that I can spend a lot of time thinking about them and thinking about how important they are and how monumental of a task it will be. And I'm blown away at times when I finally sit down and realize that something that had been taking up so much of my energy, it only took me 20 minutes to actually get it done. And so part of what I've eventually learned how to do is now I just go running in the woods or I just don't go to the office because I find if I do something that actually lifts up my personal well-being... I can go in, go to work, get more done and not waste time thinking about all this stuff. So I we'll love We'll drive that. ourselves crazy with our own brains. Like we think we're being smart about it all and it just makes us feel crazier. Yeah. So I meditate every day, but not only do I meditate in the morning with my miracle morning in general, you know, uh, I do some of the savers. I don't do all of them. Shh, don't tell out. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> but I'll take breaks. Like if I'm feeling frustrated, I will take a 15 minute meditation break and come back and be like, Okay, because because that reset makes a huge difference. I'm a single mom of two kids, right? And at the beginning of my business, I only worked 20 hours a week. So every second did count. Like, oh my gosh, I only have so much time and I have had so much time issues. Hence the reason why I really dove into this because I had to make sure that every second did count. But I drove myself crazy beforehand when I was like, ah, go. And then that, what kind of life is that? So... Yeah. Jamie, what form of meditation do you practice? That's a great question. So actually for my birthday a couple of weeks ago, I went to a Joe Dispenza retreat. Uh, uh-huh. I don't know. Have you ever heard of Joe Dispenza? I don't think so. He wrote a book called You Are the Placebo. And he talks about how, I love how science-y, because there's the spiritual, there's the woo-woo super crowd. And I'm friends with a ton of them too. But I like science first and then move on from there. So I've been meditating for over 10 years because I had children and needed to meditate. (laughs) But I could only do like maybe five minutes at a time way back when. And trying to clear off my entrepreneur brain was difficult. And even now when I tell clients like, I think you should meditate, they're like, not me, Jamie. I'm not that type of person, which I completely understand because I wasn't either. And now I'm like one of those crazy people that have in my closet, a whole meditation area. Like I literally will meditate for half an hour to an hour every morning with my meditation bench and my blindfold thing to really reset. One of the things that Joe Dispenza talks about is healing your body because I'm actually technically a mutant. I have extra bones in my body, which is, you know, normal. And so I needed surgery and I didn't want to necessarily go and get surgery. So I started going down this, you were the placebo path to see if I could heal it because I couldn't even really walk. I had a big old boot and I had foot surgery on the other foot, which was miserable with six months before I could actually really walk right and all sorts of craziness. And so I went down the path of trying to see what I could do using the placebo effect in my own body to heal it. So I started meditating a lot more, probably a year, year and a half ago. That's That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Hal and I are both huge fans and advocates of meditation. I've been a big fan of a woman named Juliana Ray, who was a 20 plus year apprentice of a guy named Shinzen 
Young, who created a program called Unified Mindfulness. Ooh, I don't know uh, that. It's pretty cool. When he created it 30 years ago, and if anyone's listening, they want to check it out. I think their website is unifiedmindfulness.com. And Juliana has these like free training videos. You can learn the practice for free. But when he created it 30 years ago, I'm sharing this because of what you said earlier about science. He originally created, so he was homeboys with John Kabat-Zinn. They were like buddies. And John Kabat-Zinn, I think that's the guy's name, right? Isn't he the guy who's credited for making meditation really popular in our country? You know, he helped make it really popular, whereas Shenzhen was over in a laboratory designing a form of meditation that could be researched by universities. And it was. It was researched by Harvard and MIT. And it was one of the very few forms of meditation that was designed for that purpose and that has been evaluated in that way. So that's one of the reasons I love it. But I'm glad you brought this up because I just hope that anyone who's listening considers that meditation and mindfulness, it's like this emerging industry. And that's not a mistake. It's because people are seeing this connection to, oh, wow. Like if I deconstruct who I am when I go to work, Like at the very core, it's my ability to pay attention or my attention skills, right? And if I could build those, and I can't build them by listening to you and I talk right now. I have to build them by going to the gym, right? Like if we talked about lifting weights or doing push-ups, it's not going to make us any stronger. If it did, that'd be sweet. Darn it. I can't outsource that. Man. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. You have to actually do it. So people have to actually have a formal practice because when you actually sit or if you have it, what I love about Unified is I can do it while we're talking right now, which is totally, that's the best part is you can do it while you're driving the car on the phone, but you have to have a formal practice to build those attention muscles. So I love hearing that that's a big thing that you are coaching people on. Jamie, what have we not talked about? Like you've interviewed all these millionaires. What are some of the things that you've learned that maybe would be most surprising to anyone listening right now? Like they'd be surprised that a lot of these folks who are really successful have certain habits or mindsets. Is there anything that's been surprising for you? I mean, there's a lot of little things that I think really add up. So one of the reasons I started interviewing these, because I'm from a small town of 2,000 people in the middle of nowhere in Maine, right? And Mm -hmm. so I didn't know any millionaires. And when I found my mentor, who was a business coach, and this was probably almost 10 years ago, I was like, do you know any millionaires that I could interview? And he's like, not anyone that's going to say it on camera for him, you know? And so I didn't know any at all. So I put them on this huge pedestal, right? Oh, what do they have that we don't and that sort of thing. Yeah. And then I started reaching out and interviewing them. And I was like, they make more spelling mistakes than almost anyone, right? They, oh my gosh. Oh, they're real human beings. Huh? Who knew, right? And what's so crazy is to do that. Yes, success is one thing, but everybody's doing the best they can with what they got you know? Mm -hmm. And so really hearing the stories and become, I'm friends with so many of the people I interview now. Thank goodness. They're amazing human beings. Cause when I go to like big press outlets and stuff, everyone's like, well, they're greedy and blah, blah, blah. And I, most of them are some of the most giving people they have charity. Like they care so much. Now the one I interview anyway, I don't know about all the rest of them, but being able to make sure that they're just human beings doing what they can and making sure that their life is better and better every day. They have this sort of innate, or it feels like it's innate, at least from everybody I'm talking to, need for improvement or continuous forward motion and progress. That came up over and over and over again. It's like, mm, why yeah. wouldn't I get better? Yeah. Instead of not doing that, which to me, I've been an overachiever. So I just assumed that everybody was like this. And apparently that's not true. But I thought it was more of like a skill set kind of thing. Like, oh, they must have had this. But I found so many in so many different ways. So 
to me, one of the biggest things that they know that we don't, quote unquote, is that they know what their strengths are and they level the heck up out of that. Now they can be completely different strengths. Some of the businesses I've interviewed are like nuts, but they know exactly what they're really, really good at and they love doing within that. And they outsource the rest as much as they can. And they continually test and test and get better and better and better. And one of the things actually that came up after quite a few interviews was, and I coined it this, but they say it in many different formats, that it's the commitment to the goal that counts. It's that I'm going to figure this out no matter what. Instead of I'm going to dabble and see if something hits, right? Even in business, it's the same way. People are like, oh, I'll just try this and try that. And while that's good for taking action and learning things, if you're like, you know what? I'm going to figure this out until I know this don't work, (laughs) right? Yeah. And you keep moving forward. That's what they're really, really good at. That along with speed of implementation. So like you said, oh, wait, I don't have to think about something and plan about it forever. I just take the 20, I set myself in a good state. I take the 20 minutes and wow, that was way easier than I thought. Does that make sense? I know that was a lot. Oh, it's awesome. Well, so I've got to comment on some of these things. I'm sure listeners are like, John, we don't want to hear from you. Just ask Jamie another question, but I got to say something about this. So by the way, speed of implementation, that's one of my favorite things about Hal. Hal, we joke all the time, like he and I will be having a conversation about something that needs to get done. And for like a split second, I'm like, Hal, are you there? Are you listening? He goes, oh yeah, sorry. I just finished doing what you're sitting there talking about us doing like next week. He's like, yeah, it's all done. Like we'll talk about how we need to have a conversation with somebody. And by the time I'm done trying to think out loud what that conversation will be, he will have already texted it to that person, which is so funny. Well, it was just on this week. I told quite a few people about that book. Literally while I'm on the phone with my coaching clients, again, those are six and seven figure people. They're like, oh, by the way, I bought it. And I'm like, yeah. of course you did. I would yeah. do the same thing. Like, because I won't remember later. It'd take me two seconds. I'll buy it now and it'll be on my doorstep, you know? Makes a huge difference. And it gets it out of your brain. Because otherwise, and I've interviewed David Allen from Getting Things Done. I don't know if you know him, but yeah, he was like, course. your brain is not meant to remind you of things. <laughs> like, it should technically be empty, right? This is mindfulness. Yeah. It should be empty and it should be used for cognition, not to, oh, did I order the dog food? Oh, did I order the dog food? I didn't order the dog food. I forgot to order the dog food. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, I like that. I like that. Thanks for giving me permission to forget things. I didn't need it. Well, but now I really appreciate it. Hey, (laughs) Jamie, you said two other things that one in particular that I want to call attention to. It was the first thing you said is that these successful people that you've interviewed, hundreds of them, they know their strengths. Mm. And I just want to reinforce this point for all of our listeners that in the last 15 years, if you traveled through any airport, you would have noticed if you look on the bookshelves that there was an emergence of an entire concept that some people call it the strengths revolution. And in fact, there's assessments you can take. There's the strength finder assessment. There's the VIA assessment. These assessments, somewhere north of eight or nine million people have taken these like one or two strengths type assessments. In fact, one of our I know he's watching right now because I see him on the live stream. Mike Miriam just published a book called Closer Than You Think. And in his book, he talks to people all about how one of the six most important questions they need to be asking is, what am I good at? The work that I do every day, we're helping whole systems of people figure out how to reconfigure and create new configurations of strengths, which is just another way of saying, how do you bring together everybody's individual strengths? Because that's all we have. And I have in my hand, if you're watching the live stream, This is a report that Gallup just published. It's the State of the American Workplace Report. It's like 200 pages on data. And it's fascinating stuff. 
it talks about disengagement, right? Mm -hmm. Seven out of 10 people are totally disengaged. What's interesting is when you dig into the data, you find that the leading thing, if I could show you the page in the report, the thing that people will drive engagement more than anything else is if they are able to do what they're good at, if they are able to use their skills. So if you lead or manage other people, this point that Jamie just brought up, it's not only important for us as individuals that we keep asking, what am I good at and how do I stop trying to do all the things I'm not good at, but also those around you and also those that you partner with and those that you collaborate with because they can fall into the same trap that I can where I think I could just do everything. And so I'm always really careful when I'm partnering with somebody and saying, hey, look, what are you like really, really good at? Not what are you good at, but like what's the one thing that you're best at? Because that's probably the focal point through which I want to partner with you on. And no offense, but the things that you're good at, but not like the best in the world at, we should go find whoever's the best at that. So I love that point of knowing our strengths. And I just hope our listeners take that to heart. Jamie, we could either go back to talking about the UFC, which I'd be cool with. I know Hal would be fine with that. Um, we might lose a couple of our listeners. I don't know. I'd love to know any parting wisdom. And again, your book, and I've got on the other side of my page here, Eventual Millionaire. Where else can people learn from you? Eventualmillionaire.com? That's a guess. That is a good guess. 100% gold star for you for the day. Thank so you. the party, I just wanted to say something about the strengths thing because I don't think people understand this. It is an evolutionary yeah. process to figure that out. It's not like you're one day huh. like, bing, I know what it... Like I was a project manager for a very long time and I was like, I can do this. And I didn't realize how I was white knuckling it, even though that's what I thought my... Like I thought I, I'm good at it. Now I look at details and I'm like, I'm sending that to my team. I don't want to deal with that. I had to book a plane ticket. I was like, I haven't done this since forever. Ah, details. I don't want that. But I thought that that was my thing. I mean, I even started in medical illustration in college and then I switched to computers. I have a degree in computers. And so looking at sort of the idea that you need to test things and figure it out. I didn't know I was good at interviewing. Well, I actually sucked at interviewing for quite a few interviews at first. <laughs> Took a very long time to actually realize, hey, I'm actually kind of good at this. And so it's an evolutionary process and I love assessments they take and help you sort of reassess and see from the outside. I've literally taken every assessment, the Colby assessment, the Myers-Briggs, like every assessment I possibly can to try and figure out what's in between our two ears. That's what I feel like we're really doing. That's what we're doing with mindfulness. That's what we're doing in business, trying to level that piece up. It's just trying to actually figure ourselves out because why wouldn't we? Right. So that's I it. love that. I love that. I love that. I have in my hand, I'm like a plug for anybody who has anything that's sitting on my desk. I have, no, I have to hand. send you something. What the I heck? Know. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a book that one of our Quantum Leap Mastermind members, Julie Riesler, just published. It's called Getting a PhD in You. And wow. If you're perfect. watching and by the way, if you're watching the live stream, you gotta look at this book. This book is like artwork, like the inside of it. And the book is like part journal, part workbook. But the entire thing is beautifully designed. So she did a killer job. Those of you that are authors or aspiring authors and you value aesthetics, like the design element, getting a PhD in you is a good model. But one of the things that she has people doing in her book is reflecting on their strengths and connecting dots in their lives. So as soon as you said, finding your strengths is an evolutionary process, it reminded me like this is a course in miraculous self-discovery. That it is a course, it's a journey. It's not like I wake up and I know my strengths and I'm going to use them. It's, and they're evolving too. 
So Thank goodness we awesome. have the resources that we do now. I mean, remember before the internet? Like I remember encyclopedias. There's like, you couldn't learn this stuff. You couldn't find out from amazing people, different exercises and tactics that will speed implementation and knowing about yourself better. I'm so thankful we live in the world that we do now. Yeah, that is awesome. Jamie, so look, let's finish with this. This is the most important thing I could ask. In a fight between Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather, what would happen? I hope, can I say what I hope will happen? Yeah, what do you hope would happen? And Conor what do you McGregor, think, what do you rear think naked choke, Floyd Mayweather on the ground. That's what I would like to see. But they're probably going to box, right? They're probably not going to no, let I, him do that's that. Ideally, that's ideally, that I would love to see that. Yeah, yeah. But in general, so... This is my dad used to watch boxing. I never got into boxing. I was like, yeah, you know, and don't get me wrong. I do Muay Thai now. So like I get it, but let Connor do his thing. Anyway, I'm obsessed. Anyway, well, I could go down a huge tangent of UFC and what I think people could do. The interesting thing though about the UFC side is that they freaking know their strengths too, by the way. So when Diaz and Conor McGregor fought, you were like, oh, interesting. Huh, that's, we thought Conor was good at everything. Oh, wait, he's, hmm, he could probably work on that, right? So it's figuring out like what you're really good at or Ronda Rousey with, you know, everything she did had nothing to do with getting hit in the face. She was horrible, horrible at stand-up. And we didn't realize that, right? So she leveled up her strengths for so long. She was the champion forever from a couple moves that she was really good at. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's awesome. Um, (laughs) Jamie... Hey, thank you for this. Thank you for jumping in and adding a ton of value to our Achieve Your Goals podcast community and our live stream community. And we wish you the best. We'll stay connected. This was awesome. Thank you. And if you're ever in Austin, let me know because I live really close to Hal. So let me know so that way we can actually meet in person, okay? Because I'm, right. Cle- I'm not going to Ohio. You're sorry. not coming to Ohio? It's not on your bucket <laughs> not list? Not on the plan. So you got to rethink that. You got to rethink that. Awesome. You can convince me later. <laughs> All right. Cheers, Jamie. Take care. Thanks. Take care. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast.